Some people say I'm certified, and they would be correct. <laughs> Roll the dolls. Bonjourno and welcome to the My Way Thinking Podcast hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every Monday where we speak to extraordinary individuals. Individuals such as Roger Wilson Crane, who I have on the show today. Now, Roger is a brilliant author. He's wrote this book called Certified, um, which is why I made the joke at the start. Now you understand. And it's all about a marriage, a birth, a death. uh, And it's just such a fun read. And Roger's personality just comes over in spades in this interview and he, and he comes out with some brilliant tippets uh, of advice and some of his life stories and just a lovely, lovely guy. So you're going to love this interview. So remember, the four rules on the podcast. One, no bullshitting. Two, no judging. Three, no negativity. And four, have fun. Apart from that, let's dive in. Right, okay. Here's my interview with the brilliant Roger. So welcome to My Way Thinking Podcast, and today I have a very special guest on. It is the one and only Roger Wilson-Crane. Welcome, Roger. Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Good to see you. You all right? Yeah, I'm all right, yeah. Not too bad. Like I say, this morning I've had a a few frustrating meetings, and they're all on Zoom now. So the good thing about that is, like I said, you can't strangle the person next to you. (laughs) I feel your pain. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it is a funny old world now, isn't it? Where in some ways it's great because we can connect and, I'll, you know, I'll talk to people in America and Australia. But then in other ways, you're missing out on the actual contact of talking to someone face to face, isn't it? Yeah, you do. And also body language. Yeah. I, I, I miss that in a meeting when you're around a board table or whatever and you, you can feel if somebody's uncomfortable or not. Do you know what I mean? Whereas here, all you can see most is faces. So you're, you're trying to read people and you can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do miss that bit, you know, of, yeah. of actually. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think you get people get more um, opportunity to speak in a meeting mm. on Zoom. Yeah. Whereas you can get some very strong people on a, mm. on a you know, in a meeting. On, and then, so that the ones that are quieter don't say much. But, mm. but I think you make an effort because they're, you know, on a screen that you say, what do you think rather than... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So there are there are pros and cons for it, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And it's it's good point you say there because as a writer, you're a writer, and, and I try and write the best I can. But um, what I find is when I used to first started doing this many years ago, and I'd have to go to London to network and meetings, it's quite daunting. Whereas this, because writing's quite a solitary thing. So with yeah. Zoom, it's quite good for some people to actually start networking and get that confidence before they go out, you know, to a big networking event, which can be quite terrifying. So in that sense, it can be quite a good thing, can't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, it, and for me, it's really odd because I've been, I've been in sales all my life, if you like, from a, yeah. from a wee band working behind bars and things like that. But but on my private life side, I've never done before the book. I never did social media. I never was really talking to people or all that sort of stuff. So I think I've got a public persona, which has been my sales, a bit like an acting role for the last yeah. 40 years. Um, and now suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm out here as myself, which is which has been, at first, was pretty daunting, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> e- even my team in, in, from when I was an MD, um, they don't really know much about me, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. Self to myself. Um, so, yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's quite... Yeah. It is a good, but it is good, because you are getting out there now, and you, are, you can link in more with social media. Yeah. I know it's, it's huge. Yeah. But I, I've only just, in the last sort of six months, started to engage with it properly yeah it's quite freeing actually and, it, and it's funny you say that because i many moons ago when i left school i'd always had been creative but i went straight into a managerial role luckily i fell into a managerial role and for many years i did really well so the money was coming in and i had my passions but i sort of put them to my side um you'll have a similar story where work takes over but always in the back of the mind, especially when I had problems with people or had to deal with situations, I'd think, so for instance, if someone was off sick a lot, you know, you'd pull them in the office and say, look, you know, you can't. And they would really hate 
not hate you well sometimes yeah but they really dislike you for being a manager and I think when I gave managerial roles up was when I thought well actually you don't know nothing about me this is you know this is just my work persona and you're looking at me saying you know you tosser <laughs> but yeah. actually I'm quite a nice person so and I think yeah. in the, in the end after sort of 10-15 years of that uh, and, and it was getting quite stressful as well. My wife said, is it worth it? And I thought, well, actually, no, it's holding me back. And it was really freeing when I could just be myself and I didn't have to be that, that actor anymore. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I mean, I did 25 years in the automotive industry. So I, and I'm still a, a part-time consultant for, yeah. for the business that I was managing director for. And it's a very successful business. But the, the stress levels were, were just getting higher and higher. Um, and I enjoyed it for, you know, I was there in that role for 10 years and I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We built it from a team of two or three people to a team of 35. Wow. So we've, you know, and, but the targets were getting higher and higher and that was from the manufacturer in the automotive. It was Ford Motor Company. I still love them very much. So <laughs> um, but they got uh, just higher and higher and I couldn't cope with the, mm. I, I could, but every quarter you'd have a good month where you slept well and it was it was all right because there was nothing really going on but then the last two months to the end of the next quarter was where you started not to sleep because you needed to try and reach it if you don't reach it and it was all that and I'd done good two two years of the 10 years of that and I thought I can't be like you saying Lee. yeah you know I had a good chat with Victoria my wife and I, just, I can't do this anymore yeah. um so she yeah she was very supportive as well and that's what sort of um you know, i got out of that if you like I was still still there as a consultant helping and advice but maybe i be able to do other things like writing which, mm. is, yeah. which is great yeah mm. that's good because some people will be stuck in that trap forever and you know and, and on the deathbed they'll say well i wish you'd have done this and i wish you'd have done that and which you know must be oh god yeah and, and, yeah but you know i'm I, you know, i'm lucky i'm fortunate you know my wife has a, has a good job etc so we could do that you know, a lot of people can't. Look, can't mm. Oh, yeah. So quite easy to you know, say, oh, yeah, everybody should do it. And, and yes, it would be nice, and, and hopefully you can, but I, I do realise that circumstances where, where people will just go through and have to go through it mm. just to survive, if you like. Yeah, so, and, that, and, and that is something we see quite a lot of uh, today, especially on social media where they're saying, you know, do your passion, what, what are you passionate about? Go for it. But then you've also got to pay the bills, which is exactly right. Um, <laughs> but I think what I would say is if you do have a passion, yes, you've got to work. But also there's a lot of downtime, a lot of wasted time. And that's where I would definitely say people should focus, you know, get your work. But then at your weekend, instead of just going out and partying, which, will, you know, then think about doing one weekend where you actually do something towards your passion. Because then hopefully one day you'll be able to give up work and follow your passion. So, but at least, and I mean, this is sort of with me. At, at least I'm following my passion. I might never, you know, be Steven Spielberg or make millions, but at least I'm trying um, to not try, I suppose. Is, and I say this to the kids, you know, you can do anything you want, but try, you know, at least try. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I agree with that. And, I, and I, one of the things I would say is that I, I wish I'd spent a bit of spare time over the last 10, 15 years writing what I've just done because it's been so well received and well loved then you think god i could have done this i could have done it i could have done it a couple of hours on an evening with a thousand words and five thousand words over a weekend do you know what i mean yeah instead i haven't i feel i've yeah i lost i've lost a lot of time that i could have been enjoying this um mm. if that makes sense yeah it does but then the other thing is what i try and do and i hate to look back i think i could have done that is the fact that the book might have been slightly different and you might not have had you know um it might have been a different kind of book um yeah. so i think also what you have to do think is with experience and with time it definitely helps um, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just lying to myself and saying, <laughs> but well, I just think. I, I suppose, we, yeah, I suppose I could have written three or four by now. Uh, yeah. I could have learned from the first one what worked, what doesn't work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, so yeah. Sort of, True. I think yeah. Feelers yeah. are behind, behind yeah. time now that I, people have, have read it and enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I suppose J.K. Rowling's not saying oh, I should have done Harry Potter later on. <laughs> 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 but, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, before we obviously we're going to talk about your book and everything that's in it and all the creative stuff. But you're Yorkshire, aren't you? Yes, I'm. Uh, I I live in uh, Doncaster, so I'm in, oh, I'm right. in South 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 Yorkshire. Yeah. Um, I've been here about 20, 25 years now. Oh, um, okay. Um, but I was born, uh, I am a, I'm an honorary Yorkshireman, I think, because I was born yeah. in Harpenden. Oh, right. That's near St. Albans, just outside London. Mm. Um, but I was, I think we moved up to the Yorkshire Dales when I was about seven, six mm. or seven, I think. Yeah. And um, we went up and lived in a, um, in a little village in uh, the Yorkshire Dales called Settle. Um, which uh, where everybody knows each other and all that yeah. sort of stuff, but it was it was idyllic um, yeah. as as a child, you know it was yeah. fun, you know it was just fantastic because in those days you just played and played and played, and you know we lived opposite farms and, and all the kids were the same sort of age, so so it was it was a wonderful wonderful childhood, and and I stayed there for oh heck my first sort of up to the age of thirty, um, mm, no. doing different jobs. Uh, like I say, in, in the hotel trade, um, worked in the retail trade for a while, uh, and it's really, really difficult to get out of that sort of town when you're yeah. in it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Because your nearest city is Leeds, if you like, which is a good hour away, if um, or Preston the other way if you're going northwest. Yeah. So you you you, you tend to to stay. Um, and then I got a I got a job actually near quite near Leeds. I was travelling uh, in the automotive industry, um, and then I met my uh, who is my ex-wife now, um, who lived in Doncaster. So oh, right, okay. So I ended up. Uh, she probably she probably was the, the one who got me away from the Yorkshire. <laughs> but I'm but I'm still in Yorkshire. So I, I I think at the age of nearly fifty-five, I'm an honorary Yorkshireman. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, I, d I haven't been up there for a while. We're we because we, I'm in the Midlands. Peak District is stunning, you know, and it's only sort of an hour, an hour and a bit away. But we have been Yorkshire a few times, and it it is stunning up there, especially when you get the weather. I mean, sometimes even when you don't get the weather, um, it is it is a stunning place. What's what's one of your favourite things about about living up there? Is it the community? Is it the people? Or is it the actual? you know, when you go out into the countryside? Yeah, well, I never, I never did do that. Uh, I was never a big walker. And mm. you, you look back and think, I spent when I go home, because my mum still lives there. So, you know, occasionally you can go home and, and you see the beauty around you. And you think, I never appreciated this yeah. when you're in it. Uh, and it is, it's absolutely gorgeous. And when you say where you've come from, people say, oh, that must have been beautiful. But, the times also, it's a bit like a prison in a way. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's all you've got. You've got four pubs, you've got the shop, you've got the yeah. that type of thing. Um, so what, what did I enjoy? I think the camaraderie, I think mm. the friendships that as, as, as a child and I played, I played a lot of sport there. Um, and so I had a, you know, a really good, good set of friends for many years. Um, I was, you know, I played, you know, reasonably uh, level at football, um, so that was I mean, a bit of rugby and a bit of cricket. So I, I, I yeah, I got I suppose the sort of friendships that you yeah. you build were great. Yeah, I think the downside of that was you never went anywhere else in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, I mean, well, uh, I've spoke about this before because for things that I do, sometimes I'll go to London and and it, there's an energy there and a buzz and it's very creative. But after about two or three days, I'm like, oh, I'm ready to come back home. And there's all, you know, so it is nice. And you've travelled around. So it is nice when you've got that high energy. But then it's also nice when you come back home and you can just sort of, your brain can sort of relax from that yeah. high octane. <laughs> well, I was, uh, uh, in, in one of the stories in the book, which is, is, is true, um, was that I had a, girlfriend only for a short time in, in London so I, I'm up in the Yorkshire Dales I'm about 18 I think and uh, I'm up in the Yorkshire Dales where you know I'm just surrounded by sheep and then I would go down and visit her and she was she was a nurse um, in, in, in 
the world freed out in London. And, and the buzz when you're there as a young man is just extraordinary. Yeah. You know, every, everything around you. And, but you're right. When I, it was strange because I, I used to go home and a friend of mine would, would say, you know, have you never thought of moving there? You know, and, and I was like, no, it's just, it, it, it's too much for me. I loved the, um, I loved both, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was wondered if if we never stayed. You know, well, we didn't stay together, but if we hadn't stayed together, and we and let's say she'd you know she'd have, she'd had a child or whatever, and they'd have the best of both worlds, wouldn't they? Mm. They'd be brought up in London with all that energy and creativeness, and then for a bit of quiet time, they'd come up and see Daddy in the Yorkshire Dales, surrounded by the sheep and the farms. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that would be a, a perfect, yeah, yeah, perfect upbringing. Probably not. But. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, so we're going to talk about the book, but what I'm always interested in when I speak to people, especially creatives, because I'm one myself, is where did this start? Was it so, because everybody's sort of different? Sometimes it's people at school, they're always drawing or, or writing. For some people, they didn't enjoy school and it happened later on. So where, where did this creative side sort of spur from? I think I've always, from a creative point of view, I think I've, I've always had it and never really used it, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so I left school when I was 16. I did a lot of jobs. Um, and, I, and so the only thing I had done was I'd written a school play when I was 14. Oh, right. Um, for the, when I was in secondary school. So, and we, we performed that, I think, for three mornings, if my memory serves me right, three mornings in front of the whole school in a row if you like um and i remember i wrote it i directed it and i starred in it <laughs> and and i absolutely loved the, the sort of adulation if you like yeah you get from the audience um but that was the last thing i wrote until i wrote this book so that's 40 years of wow. gap but in between that i i did a lot of amateur dramatics mm. um so I, I joined the local one when I was up in Yorkshire Dales. I joined the local amateur dramatic. We did things like Half a Sixpence, Guys and Dolls. And I took leading roles in, in, in those productions. So from a creative side, I was scratching the itch, if you like. Yeah. Um, and, and I did love, again, it's that um, audience, that, that feeling that you get. Um, you know, at the end or, or just being on stage and you, you're playing a part. Yeah. Um, so I did that and then I moved over to Doncaster. I had a bit of a gap and I didn't do anything. And then there was an opportunity to um, take a role in Jesus Christ Superstar which, oh God. In, in Doncaster, which was, so I, I'd, my old days when I was younger, I'd been doing it in front of 250 people, if that makes sense, yeah. in a little, little theatre in town. This was a 750 proper theatre with yeah. proper orchestra, proper microphones. Um, and so I auditioned and I, and I got, and I played part of Pontius Pilate in Jesus Christ Superstar for a couple of weeks. And that was just, just an amazing experience. Yeah. Um, just from the, the professional levels for an amateur production thing, how things have changed over the years from when I was, screaming at the top of your camera because you haven't got a microphone so someone at the back can hear it to you know being taught how to sing if you like by the musical director um so i did that and then and then i did um the full monty musical <laughs> yeah i played uh dave um if everybody remembers the film the fat one who puts the uh cling film around his yeah stomach. yeah so i i, I I got that part and I did that in Doncaster and then I did it in uh, just outside Manchester twice. Yeah. Um, and then I did it in Weatherby, which is up, up near York. So I've done it six times that, that particular part uh, and that show. And it, 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 oh, it was the best time of my life. Lee. Yeah, it really was. It was just extraordinary. Two, two things. One, it was a sellout wherever you went yeah because of the because of the name of it yeah. and what was yeah. going to happen at the end yeah yeah so it was one of those productions that it didn't matter if it was crap yeah if you yeah know i mean they weren't by the way but yeah. you knew it would sell out because mm. you've got you've got hemp parties going yeah. you've got 
probably got the WI going. You've got, you know what I mean? It, it, Blokes that their uh, wives are pulling them along <laughs> to go. Yeah, and see. yeah, and it was just an extraordinary time. Over four or five years, I did did the different productions with the different yeah. you know, societies. Whatever. I suppose that um, was quite. That must have been quite a challenge when you first started it, knowing you'd have to strip. Yeah, yes. because that's the ultimate, isn't it? The inhibitions have got, gone completely there. <laughs> God. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things. One is, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is you're playing a part. So I, I, I never felt I was mm. me, Roger, on, on stage. I was, I was Dave. So that was the first thing. So it didn't bother me. I think what bothered me more was you're still doing an amateur production, even though it is very professionally done. Yeah. So every time I did it, I tried to get to know the lighting guys really well. Yeah. Because at the end, when when you, when you finally take throw the hat away, yeah, the spotlights are supposed to come on in that instance. <laughs> I mean, there were occasions where it didn't, and um, we had a couple of guys that who played the parts, different parts with me, that were absolutely apoplectic when it didn't work properly. You know, and we'd go, we'd walk off, and they'd be screaming, and yeah. like, the lights didn't go on, everybody yeah. seen like, you know, and but it didn't, it sort of didn't bother me. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't want it to happen every night. I tell you what's funny <laughs> is what we were on about earlier. You imagine being in one of your high end meetings when you're an MD, and then pulling a picture out and saying, "Oh, this is me as well when I did four months." They'll be like, "What the fuck." <laughs> The total contrast, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there is actually. And actually, they, they, uh, a lot of the, the, the team um, came to the one I did in Weatherby because yeah. our offices are at York. Yeah. So when I did that, which was about five years ago, was the last time I did it. I think maybe even slightly longer. Yeah, they, there was there was probably about 15, 20 of them came. Yeah. Was, uh, wow. Which was, yeah, so they finally saw me do something different. And in that production, we had, you, you pay more money to be at the front round on a round table yeah. as though you were at a dinner. Mm. So of course they paid for the top tickets and were, were literally right <laughs> underneath <laughs> you. Oh my God. <laughs> With, and, uh, I remember our sales director, Jill, she was there, she was there and, and at the end, she's throwing knickers onto the stage. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant stuff. So with, with the amateur dramatics then, um, and obviously the book came later on, did you ever think uh, about writing a, a, a stage play or was it always just performing on there? Because like I said to you earlier, this is something I'm trying to get into now. And um, I think it's quite freeing when you can bring write something and, and bring it to stage. Did you ever think about that? Or was you, just some, you were more of an actor then? No, yeah, I didn't think of of writing a play, um, and I think it's such a different discipline than writing a book, mm. and that's what I'm trying to teach myself now a little bit of, um, because writing a novel is, is, you know, when you play, you've got to set the scene, and you've got to make sure it, it sounds right, which you'll, you'll know this probably better, better than me, I'm, mm. I'm still trying to learn that, so I'd never, no, it never crossed my mind, what I did enjoy doing, though, and I, and I still enjoy on television and film is 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 studying the direction if you like mm. um yeah studying the dialogue i i, I i've le i've learned especially when i've been writing I, I think i know what is better dialogue now when i'm watching a, a very good tv series if you like than a an average one yeah and I, I can see actors who can pick pretty bad dialogue and make it good enough if that makes i mean I, yeah I'm not sure that I, I was watching the teacher the other mm. the other week, which is with Sheridan Smith. Yeah, uh, from Doncaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, with Sheridan, yeah. <laughs> um, who, who I, you know, I think I, I love watching her and everything oh, she yeah. does. She's great. Um, and I and I didn't particularly enjoy the sort of dialogue, if you like, mm. or from how it was written. But she could still take it, and and yeah, she made us, you know, makes it really believable. So I've I've done all that sort of stuff where I feel you know what's up what what's good and what's what's not so good if you like yeah um, yeah but I, ha I haven't yet learned how to write a uh, a script if you like which i'm trying to do with the book because mm, i think yeah it make, yeah make, make, make i think really one of the what, one of the big things that 
and I've been writing for years now, but one of the big things I've learned and, and people send me scripts sometimes just to have a look over is, um, and like you say about the dialogue is cutting that dialogue down to, you know, an absolutely essential, um, bit of dialogue. Whereas before, especially when I first started out, I'd write loads and loads and loads. And, uh, I watched the film, the power of the dog last night, which is, fantastic you know it's going to win oscars oh it's it's stunning it is a stunning stunning film because it's oscar season and uh, i wanted to watch it It was on netflix and the dialogue i mean there's hardly the dialogue is on point and then the actor will say the dialogue but it's all about what's in his face the direction but i suppose when we first start writing and i used to do this is i felt as if i had to put everything down Whereas I think in this day and age now, um, audiences are a lot more savvy and they'll pick up on nuances from the actor and what he's thinking, you know, just he's thinking. He hasn't got to say what he's thinking because we know. And he only has to say two words and that says everything in a scene. And I think that's one, that's one thing that I've, I've definitely learned over the years. Yeah, and I, 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 I've got quite a lot of scripts that I that I buy to read, if that mm, makes sense. So yeah. apart from reading novels, I, I and it's interesting when you, I mean, I've got the Godfather script, for instance, oh. that I, I I read and study and love. Yeah, and I've, got, I've got Phoebe Phoebe um, Fleabag. Yeah, and, and and you read her script, and if it if you just re- read it, you're just like, well, are you with me? It's yeah. just sort of yeah. like, yeah, but. Of course, it's the actors and the actresses and the direction and how yeah. it came, how it comes to life. And you're absolutely right. You know, I, I used to think, oh, you've got to write everything so the actor will know how you want to say it. But no, no, actually, no, because yes, you're going to point in the right direction, but then you you just watch them bring that character to life. It's quite incredible, isn't it? Oh, it is. It, I mean, you don't it's... need yeah. to be you know to to write you must say it this way or you it's yeah i just find it fascinating i mean working with i mean i've been fortunate to work with quite a few actors and they are amazing people when they can just take that line and say it so many different ways and um yeah it's (laughs) it is pretty amazing and it's a good point what you said there as well what i always say to writers is read scripts and there's no excuse because there's a lot of free ones now. Some of the Oscar contenders uh, this year and years past are on there. And there's just some stunning, stunning scripts. Um, yeah. and, and you read them and you just think, wow. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a great, great little pointer there. So, yeah, then we... Go on. No, so I was saying, yeah, I love them. Yeah, I re- yeah, I'm reading them more now than I'm reading normal books if you like novels and stuff like that. i'll tell you a really good one that you may not have read is nebraska did you ever have you ever heard of that film nebraska i've heard of it yeah yeah if you get chat i might have it somewhere i'll send it to you that is just stunning because it's not just the dialogue on that it's the actual um talking about the description and and but they say it in like two words that you know it gives you that vision of an old house and and where they are and the the location it's stunning I'll I'll send it over to you but um, yeah yeah yeah, I love that right so so we go on from that you showing all your tackle Uh, (laughs) so you've obviously got this in your head now this interests me because I speak to people and they'll say oh I've got this great book in my head well it's no good in your head you've got to put on the page and I am one of them people where I have written half a book I've not finished it yet. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm beating myself up constantly because you've got to get it out there. It's, you know, we all have a great story, but if you don't get it out there, so tell us a little bit about where this sort of sparked from, and and over the years was it building and building until finally you were like you could get it out into the into the world. Yeah, I, I I'd always wanted to write about um, the the week when my father died. Right. Um, because it was a bit farcical, to be honest. I mean, of course, it was sad, but we we hadn't seen each other um, for twenty odd years. He, he'd he left the family when I was about thirteen, fourteen, uh, and cleared off on a new life. And he didn't want to have anything to do with his his children. There were four of us: you know, three brothers and a sister. Wow. Um, and, and, and but we, we were fine, but you know, and we mm. carried on with life. 
Um, and then 20, 20 years down the road, sort of down the line, my sister found out he was living quite close to her in, near the town that, that I was brought up. And I would, I'd now moved to Doncaster. And I had a daughter then, and I thought, should I try and get back in touch, see what he's missed um, in all those years? Because he's a grandfather now and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and I did. I remember going over and knocking on the door, and he wasn't expecting because yeah. we didn't have any contact. And I remember him opening the door and calling me by my brother's name. So he, he didn't even get the right name, but <laughs> but at least he got at least he got one of them. Um, yeah. And I remember sitting down with him, and he, he was living on his own then, and he was in a rented cottage, which was pretty, not particularly well looked after. Um, and and he's, but he still had that distance. He was listening to what I was saying about my family, you know, and my family, and you know, your granddaughter. But he wasn't engaged, and it was really sad. Mm. Um, so I left, and I, I remember he had this telephone on his desk, and it had the biggest numbers. Which, because he was must you know really short sighted by then, and and I remember saying, look, I'll write the number now. Please ring me. Yeah. You know, just just do, just pick yeah. up the phone, yeah. give us a call, we'll have a chat. I remember writing in these huge numbers and leaving this A4 paper on his yeah. on the desk, and I went, and that was that. And then never did, of course. And then two years later, it was I think when the council managed to track us down um, to tell us that. You know that he passed because they 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 found him and, and he, you know he, he he sort of died in his sleep if you like in his chair but he, there was nothing to tell them if he had any next of kin mm. so it took the council a few days to uh, um, you know find us if you like and then there was that sort of um, you know will you do the funeral and and, uh, and you know so we can do the funeral but would you do the funeral we didn't. I didn't know any of this. I, I thought you had to do the funeral because you were family, but actually yeah. you don't. Oh. And this is really a harsh thing, but we we said, well, we don't want to do the funeral. We don't want yeah. to pay for it. Yeah. You know, we haven't known this guy for... Yeah. When you look back, you think, oh. So the council ended up saying, well, we'll have to do it then, and it'll, but it'll just be a simple cremation, 10-minute um, job, uh, and we'll set the date. Mm. Um, but... The other thing is, his house needs clearing out. Will you will you do that, or or shall we do it? Um, and we decided, no, 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 we'll do that bit. We'll, yeah. We just wanted to find out if he, <laughs> you know, if he had not not particularly money because we knew old bars would. in a old safe hidden under <laughs> under the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, um, but you know, but if, if you know, just any history about it. Oh um, yeah, yeah, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And my my brother's a. a, a uh, retired now, policeman. So he, he was all for it. I'm in there, you know. Yeah. And he was, and we went, and he's he's scrolling through all the paperwork, you know, yeah. finding finding anything or. Yeah. Um, and then we went upstairs, and we found I think about in the book I, I've made it, I, I embellished it, made it twenty five thousand pound, but we found five hundred pound under his mattress, yeah, an old ten pound note. Wow. And above and above the mattress. The, the ceiling was about to fall in. It was yeah. that, it was so bad yeah. with, with the damp and water. And this, you know, this my father had been sleeping under this. God knows how he'd slept under it yeah. without worrying about it because there were big cracks in it. And yeah. um, so we found, we, we found this money and, and then we found a, a will and there was, of course, nothing in it apart from that he wanted his ashes scattering a certain point in the Yorkshire Dales. Oh, right. Uh, a certain rock. Mm. There was a certain rock that he wanted them yeah. doing there. So we thought well, we, we could do that. Um, but one of the, I suppose one of the saddest things, and, and I didn't put this in the book, was his chair was by the television and he had a briefcase by the side of it. And we opened, or I did, I opened the briefcase and I remember there was nothing in it. It was completely empty apart from when you went down the side pocket and picked up a, very very small photograph and it was of us four kids we were wow. probably 10 11 12 ish something like that yeah and you just think did, did, did he sit there and occasionally lean down and, yeah you know pick, it, it you know that was probably the the, the, the saddest and worst point yeah. in a way of yeah. that. um but so we yeah so we um 
so we cleared, cleared the house out and he had, he had this money. And, and when, when we had the, the cremation, if you like, it was half past 12, it was in February, it was, yeah. it was quite cold. And we were sat outside waiting to go in for our turn. And uh, <laughs> there was these people were starting to walk up and um, they looked like they had badges on and... and um, and basically, they were they were from the, the super local supermarket, Morrison's. Yeah. And we were stood outside about to go in. This lady, there were 16, 20 of them. Um, and she, you know, she was about to go in as well. And I said, oh, sorry, you, we're in at 12.30. What time are you in? Yeah. She said, oh, no, we're here at 12.30. So I said, no, no, you, you know, no, we're going for our dad. You, you must have got the wrong time. We, we're going for our dad. Yeah. She said, what, your dad? So I said, yeah. He says, no, no, we're going in to see Alan, yes. We're going to see him, see him off. I said, yeah, that's my dad. And she says, are you his son? And I said, well, there's four of us. <laughs> yeah. and, and she said, and then you get to talk, and they, these, these 16 people have, have known my father for 10, 10 years, 15 years. Oh. Twice a week, he's going in. They loved him to bits, Jeez. and they'd come basically to say goodbye. And they didn't even know he had children. Uh, and she, she was screaming. I know, it was. Yeah. She was screaming behind her. Yeah, guess what? Guess what? Uh, he, yeah. he had, and all that. And yeah. um, so anyway, so we, we had the cremation. And, uh, and that was quite nice because we thought it was only going to be the four kids, if you like. Yeah. And suddenly we've got, a, we've got a great, you know. Uh. Um, and then just, just a very quick. And then finally, the, the ashes scattering of the rock. He'd named this rock, and we were talking around locally. Does anybody know this rock? Mm. We haven't heard of it, and we're from here, sort of thing. Nobody could, could hear of it. But instead of just going up into the hills, Lee, and scattering them, yeah. we tried to find a rock that we didn't know existed. <laughs> so we're going up and down in the, in, the, in the freezing cold, a convoy of three or four cars. I've got my five-year-old daughter in the back. I've got the dog in the boot. Yeah. And, and it... About two hours later, we we finally made the decision that this is stupid, yeah. and this rock will do. Yeah, and we we all get out. It's, it's hammering down with rain, and my brother stands on the rock to make a little bit of a speech. Opens a th opens a thing, yeah. and that's when the wind decided to make its. Um, yeah, you know, and so it went absolutely everywhere. <laughs> I've got the dog is catching him and leaping in the air. My, my, da my daughter, who's the age of five, is catching it, going, oh, daddy, uh, is, oh. You know, so, so I basically wanted to write, sorry, I've got on and on and on about that, but that was the premise of what I wanted to write about. Yeah, and yeah. And then I knew that was not going to make a book. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so then... Well, you were my, still... My well, well, I think the big thing about that is you're a storyteller. So you realise you're a storyteller because you've got a story and it's easy to have a story and not and, and tell it the wrong way or tell it a messy way. Not everyone's got that fluidity, but you just saying that story then captivated me. It's interesting. And so, and that's in your mind and you're thinking, hold on, I want to put that in a book. And what I love about that uh, is that, sometimes real life is far stranger than fiction that's without a doubt you know i know that um and i always find as well uh, sort of these characters you know they've got these lives and he was your dad and you didn't know who he was but he had this other life and so it, there's always these strange things but i always find if you can find a place of humor from the darkness as you have as well i think that's a great thing to have because you know, the world is turning and sometimes it can be quite negative. So I think even in the darkest times, you've got to try and have a laugh. You've got to try and... Because, because maybe your dad would be laughing about it, you know, and, yeah. and people I've lost, I've always thought the last thing they'd want is me to be crying on my hands and knees. You know, they'd be slapping me and saying, get up. And, and I think that's right with a lot of people when we lose people. Uh, you know, you, not to find fun in it, but to find the humorous times and the things that were just ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and then yeah, from that point, then you can use a bit of use a bit of creative license if you like. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and my 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 daughter, she she was sort of un, unexpected. We you know we were, um, so and I've got I was you know early, early mid thirties. I thought I'm not going to have children. I was with my wife at the time. Um, 
and we haven't we haven't really talked about it or anything like that but it was just one of those things that we so i thought that's fine i'm, I'm not i won't be a father so when my daughter came along it, it was unexpected and you know a beautiful thing for me it's, it's been wonderful in my life but then i had what if i write about that because there was some there were some funny bits oh yeah leading up to uh, i mean i tried to be del boy in the, in the hospital i always remember that when she was being born yeah. the gas and the, trying to, to trying to crack jokes and i remember the nurses just looking at me gone out and my, my wife giving me some real um, my ex-wife giving me some bad looks and shut up type of thing um so i, I thought well if i can write about that then i've got a premise of the three certificates mm. which is birth certificate wedding certificate and death certificate yeah so that's where certified came from so and then I, I, we've all been and i have i've been married and, but we've all been to weddings as well so where things either haven't gone as they should have gone oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so once i'd i'd got that premise I, I thought okay well i'll write from from me looking back at, at my life if you like all the all the bad things and there's some pretty pretty um you know truthful being honest with yourself mm. as, as you take through that you know one birth uh one wedding and, and one death so there are three separate stories although all linked with the same relationships families um friends etc and i suppose the best way i start in the end i wrote it at first i was writing it as me if you like and it still is me mm. but I, I was writing everything truth but once my creativeness started thinking, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, we we can go somewhere with this, mm. you know. So in 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 the in the unexpected birth, there's a there's a there's a big uh, twist some mm. know, halfway through it, which which just came to me in my imagination, mm. and so I went back and rewrote so I could get to that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So so even so, it's like a fictional memoir in the end. There's a, everything is true up to a certain extent yeah but it like. comes it, it come from a place of truth that's yes and, oh, it, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and, I, and i understand that because for me and i suppose it's the same for you when you're writing it's almost like some kind of um counseling for you sort of psychologically you're getting rid of stresses and worries that you've had and i find that so i might write a film or a short film and it's not about me but there's things in there that i'm sort of getting out onto the page that feels great uh, because yes. you are getting, you know, like the loss of your dad. Uh, and it's a way of healing. Some people have to talk to therapists and things like that. But I find when I write or create, that's a great way for me to sort of heal myself in a way. Yeah, and I, I had a, uh, and I never looked back on it and I never talked to anybody about it. I had a, a toxic relationship with my late sort of 20s mm. um, where it was a bit of, sort of violence um, female to man which is quite rare mm. um but it's not as rare as it used to be yeah but it was sort of rare probably rarer then um and it was something that you never tell anybody about yeah. you just you know um so I, I i i i put that that's certainly in the book um so some of the things that went through and, and how you just carry on and I suppose that that was quite difficult for you at the time. I suppose now looking back, you feel a lot better about it. But at the time, you know, you have to make a commitment with yourself that, you know, if I'm going to write this book, I'm going to put it all out there. And is that yeah. what you've got to do? Yeah, yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, I, you, know, you have to be a bit <laughs> Yeah, you can't name names <laughs> and end up getting sued. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, um, but yeah, yeah, but yes, I did. Yeah, and I thought, well, I, I you know, I, I do need to include it because if I'm going to write, um, if you like, a, a memoir, even if it is semi-fictional at times, mm. I, I did want to revisit those 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 bits, the good bits, the bad bits, mm. and also from a reader point of view. You know, and I'm a big believer of this also from watching the film or. You, I do enjoy I do enjoy that way you can go from dark humour in a sentence to taking a reader or a watch you know a, a, somebody who's watching a film into a very sad or, or heartbreaking situation mm. and I, I really really wanted to do that 
so that so the re I could take the reader with me, mm. um, so they could feel as though they're as, as though I'm sitting opposite them mm. on a sofa, telling them this the you know the the, the three stories if you like. So, yeah. but it was it was I found it um, it it did help. It made me think. God, I wonder if I've become this. Because I hate confrontation, Lee. I don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't do confrontation. So we were yeah. talking earlier about shout, shouting at someone for being late, or whatever. Yeah. My my way would be sitting them down, saying, "You do realise when you're late, it's because this mm. this is the impact you have. Yeah. Uh, and it's not very fair, and all very quiet, and all very. And the same with my daughter. I think I've shouted her once in 21 years. Yeah. Once. Yeah. The rest has been sitting her down, talking her through it, what she's done wrong. Because I can't bear yeah, the shouting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that takes me back to to that. So I think that shaped me as a person. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about the writing process because this interests me. Mm. With me, when I'm doing screenplays, there's lots of space, lots of gaps, nicey nice. With my book that I've been trying to write for so many years, it's hard. It's an hard slog. <laughs> it's you can. You can write too fast and put a load of crap on the page, and then you have to come back and edit it. I mean, you don't. You can split paragraphs, or you you might not think about that. Tell me how that process went. Was it a case of you just sitting down and just thinking, "I'm just going to write," or did you have a pro a process sort of things planned out? Give me not because this is the first book you've done. So give me an idea of what you did for that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I, I knew the three stories I was going to write, so that's yeah. the, that's the first thing. Yeah. So that made it quite uh, easy. Um, an average novel is about seventy-five thousand words, um, so I thought, well, okay, I'm, I need to aim for that. So the three need to be split that way. That that was the simplest way for me yeah. of looking at it. So so the birth section needs to be sort of twenty-five thousand yeah. and blah blah blah, uh, and then I just I, I literally wrote, um, and it's interesting when you say. You, you just you write a load of crap. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, do uh, yeah. and and you just keep writing. Yeah, every every day, even if it's for twenty minutes, half an hour. And um, I joined a, a write that book group um, back in November twenty twenty with a guy called Michael Heppel, mm. who's international speaker and uh, Sunday Times bestseller. And uh, you know, one of his mantras is. Um, read write edit repeat read write edit repeat yeah, yeah. so read a lot write every day even if it's half you know yeah. half an hour 17 minutes as he calls it 17 minute sprint mm. put it down and then every day you do that and you will write shite <laughs> yeah. completely yeah but that's fine because when you go back mm. there'll be something you can take out of that because there'll be days where you write and you'll go and, and which is what happened to me and i would write a, a chapter i go this this is great. This is, I love this. This yeah. is, yeah. And then the following day, you'd be sat like this. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, <laughs> yeah. Just sort of there. Yeah. And it's really hard. And you can't explain it. Yeah. But then I'd always make sure I, I tried to write maybe 500 words. Oh, right. Okay. Just, you know, and if, if I was doing the, the, the birth section, I would write uh, uh, something about that. Um, and because I was writing it a bit like a, a giant Ronnie Corbett monologue, yeah. which is uh, your older listeners will oh, good old Ronnie. Will know because that's what it is. Because I'm I'm writing yeah. about birth, but then I just I move away, even though it's still about birth. It could be about the, when I picked up my my first dog as a puppy. Yeah, that's still oh, part yeah. of the birth. Yeah, birth. that's great. So I'd go off on a tangent, and then I'd come back to the main yeah. main story in the chapter. So I could write a lot of crap. Yeah. And then the other thing is you write, you'd be writing away and then suddenly this idea would come in into your head and go, what if I, what if I did that? What if I went in that direction? Yeah. And so then I would go back, edit, and then I would go in that direction. If it didn't work, you just stop and then you go off again. It's, yeah. um, but for me, it, it, it was all literally writing and then I would leave it. I'd do a chapter, but leave it for at least a week, Lee. Mm, yeah. Then I would go back and I would edit it, and then I would go back and I would edit it again. Yeah. A bit like you were saying, where you have no wasted words in there. Mm, yeah. You yeah. Know, ab absolutely no need. Yeah. yeah. Try and make it as tight as possible. For yeah, because I um 
people some people make me sick these ones that write the 10 the 10 page treatment and then they go right now i'm ready to write the script i write it in three days and it's perfect i'm like fuck off that's bullshit <laughs> I, I write exactly the same as you i'll just put it all down there get to the end and then i'll tell you what i really enjoy the revision so when you're cleaning it up and you just, you know, like, what was I thinking? I wrote, you know, I wrote surprise three times in the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite cathartic, isn't it? When you clean all that crap up and then you go, it's like sculpting, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and also it's never good enough. That's mm. the other thing. It will never be good enough in your own head. Yeah. And you've got to, you know, that was hard for me because I was thinking, oh, yeah. just, if I just change, but you keep doing that, it means you have to change the next bit and the next bit and the next yeah. bit. But the good um, thing so is, yeah, you, you the good thing you, uh, what you did there though, is you were writing from your voice. It's not like writing a story, which what I would guess would be bloody, you know, really hard. Whereas it's your, it's your story and, and you're talking. What, what happened? So when you'd finished the book and you'd edit it yourself, I suppose then you had to get someone to edit it professionally, or did you just go for it with your edit? Because I'd always be worried about, oh, I didn't put an apostrophe in and because I'm crap at grammar. <laughs> you know, without spellcheck and theosauruses, I'd be, I'd be dead in the water. What did you do about that? Did you just go for it or did you get someone to go through it? No, I didn't. I got um, uh, in, in the right that book group that we have. There's, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a good 150 people in it. And uh, there's a lady called Christine Beach who, who was in that group and she's a, a proof, proof, writer, oh, you know, proofreader. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So um, I sent her a sample and said, "Would you look at this and, and and give me your thoughts and feedback?" And what I liked about her was that she got me straight away. Yeah. You know, so she got the style I was writing. She got what I was trying to achieve. So she proofread the whole thing for me in, in parts, if you like. We did it probably in in sort of twenty thousand word chunks. Once I was absolutely happy that I couldn't do much more with it, yeah, I yeah. would send it over yeah. to her. So she did that, to be fair, and we'll come back with, you're right, you know, why have you got that apostrophe there? And, yeah, yeah. And do you, do you realise you, you used the word just 500 times? In- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it, it, it's a good cracking job. I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's exactly the same with, with screenplays and scripts. I always send them to a reader um, because some, some writers are very, uh, you know, they're very, they want to keep it close to the heart where I think it's important you get someone away from it to actually scrutinize it, you know, and they'll come back with notes sometimes and you won't be happy with it, but they're looking from a, um, a viewer's perspective and i think sometimes we get so involved from our perspective but of course it's got to be entertaining and i think that's what an outside source gives you so i always say you know get a get one you know at least one reader to come back to you and say this works this doesn't work or this is wrong or something like that yeah i i, I agree with that and i i think your families and stuff for me are too close to it mm, uh, and yeah. there's two things one they could be Oh, it's it's lovely. It's brilliant. Yeah, because they're, they're supporting you. Um, or they could actually be critical, and and you could fall out. Of yeah, them and say, what the, what, what the shit win. do you know about it? Yeah, you know what I mean. I you, you'll never win. I'll give I'll give my wife a script, and she'll look at me like, oh, go read this shit, and she'll go, yeah, no problem. And I go, what do you think? And she go, oh, it was really good. And I'll go, is that all you're going to say to me? You're not going to give me any sort of, you know, I like this bit, I like, no, it's really good. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so I, I'm with you, Lee, yeah. yeah. Sending someone outside that, that can really, and, not, and that they won't be afraid to be critical, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And Christine yeah. wasn't. She, there were parts that she said, you know, why are you doing that? Or you, it doesn't sound like you, you know, that sort of thing, which was really, really, yeah. really helpful. Yeah, say, yeah, definitely. So I did that, yeah. Brilliant. So for the future of Certified, what's, what's next? Are you writing another book? Or I know you said you were lo- you'd love to turn this into a film. What, what's, what's the next project? Yeah, well, um, a couple of things. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, being self-published, you've got to push this all the time. Mm. Um, you know, you haven't got, you haven't got a penguin behind you, have you? <laughs> Doing it all for you or back yeah. at WH Smith's or that. So, 
so I'm doing a lot, of, trying to do a lot of that, um, getting it out there um, as much as possible. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm just trying to learn. I, I'd love to turn this into a a, a screenplay. I, you know, I think it would make a really good three part, probably a three part TV series. One of those Sunday night ones mm. that you get on BBC or ITV about the eight o'clock slot. Yeah, I think it would be perfect for that. Um, but I need it's so it's different... it's not an eighteen. Then there's no really sweary sweary parts. No, there's a couple of one one swear word in the whole thing, which which could be taken out. It could even be on CBBS and the way it's going. Oh my god! <laughs> no, it couldn't actually. Oh no! Um, there might be the nine o'clock slot there actually. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. If um, you said you said there's some dark humour, so that's that's always a good thing, I think. Yeah, it is. But yeah, so I I'm trying to. It's such a different discipline, so you'll know this now. Mm. Well, you'll know this far more than me, and I can't yet get my head round looking at the book, knowing that I, it can be made, if you like, into a yeah. script. Yeah. But changing that into... Because there's much more dialogue, isn't there? And much more... And it's got to be much more snappy. So I, I've, I've got software and stuff, and I, I've, I keep dipping into it and not happy. Yeah. And I need to either... <laughs> You know, yeah. it's a bit like right shite again. If that makes, makes yeah, sense. I know, I know. Yeah, that's that's where you have to stop. Yeah, I mean, you get stuck. Send it over to me. I'm no expert, but I'm happy to give you a few <laughs> a few points. No, no, I'll send you the book, and you can rewrite it and script. Uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'll uh, the checks in the post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, nah, good. Yeah, good that's what I, like to I, I mean, to, I mean, saying that, yeah, I've wrote for a long time, but I've and I did tweet, uh, I did look at a couple of short books, but to do a full book and and turn it, I think that's, it, yeah, it's definitely a skill. It's a skill to look at that page and say we pick that 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 from that, um, you know, and and it's it, like you say it's looking throughout but what do you pick what don't you pick taught and then you've got to think of time so it's got to fit on the page and if you want to do a three three hour you know so yeah it's but you'll you'll you know you'll crack on with it because you've yeah, been... i think i think probably the other thing is maybe i should be looking at the book mm, you know yeah i've got i've got it in my head of what the what it was do i start again if you like mm. I've, you know, I've got characters and just write it slight you know completely different yeah, and not yeah. Think, and not think about keep looking at the pages. You know what I mean? I don't know, but I I I would love to do that, and I am I keep like I say dipping in, and then ooh, ooh, it's too hard. <laughs> it's never too. You've written a book. You've written a book. You know, know, and people will like I said earlier on. A lot of people will say, "Oh, I've got a great book in me." Well, you ain't because you ain't wrote a book, and you have, and that's a, a massive, a massive achievement. Um, yeah. It is. It is, it is. Now, I always ask my guests for a bit of advice. So what kind of advice you'd maybe give to a new writer or just advice you've been given in general? Have you got any sort of advice you'd give people? Uh, as, as a writer, if you, if, you, if you really, really want to write the book, for me, there's a couple of things. One, write every day. Mm. Um, and if, you know, we talked about it earlier about, you know, I, I have lots of time and I, I sort of back in my MDs, well, that's fine. But if you really want to write it, as you say, do do an hour a weekend. Do what, what, you know, do 20 minutes in the evening or first thing in the morning. Get up half an hour earlier. If you really want to write the book, write every day and write. And then the second thing is, is which is printed is, is that read, write, edit, repeat. Mm. So write every day, leave it, go back, edit. Write, edit, write, edit. Tighten it. Don't waste a word. You know, some, some you know, a lot, and I did it early on where you put too many descriptions of a certain scene or certain when they only needed one. The readers got it. You know, um, so it's all about tightening, tightening, tightening. Yeah. But if you if you really want to write, then sit down, write every day. Yeah, yeah. And write shite. It is. It's a good. It's a good point. I um. I was mentored a little bit by a guy, a BAFTA winner um, around the Midlands called Jeff Thompson. He's a great guy. And he wrote his first book in the toilets of the factory. <laughs> so there's no excuse, you know, he'd go to the toilet and his boss would be, where have you been for the last hour? Oh, no, just been the toilet. And he, he wrote, you know, hand-writ his first book, which I thought was extraordinary. So if he can do that, 
there's no excuse. <laughs> but I think you've got to really want to do it, haven't you? Mm. That's the other thing. You know, yeah. to say, I, I want to write a book. And, I, and that's what I did for 30 years. Mm. Yeah, I want to write a book. Mm. I, I know I can write a book. That's all right saying it, mm. um, isn't it? If you really want to do it, though, yes. Just, just keep, just write. If it's in your make book. A dis- make a discipline of it. Mm. Def- definitely it's almost i mean i always say it's sort of in your blood it's in your blood and you've got to get it out there it's so you know it just it's in your mind you're going crazy and so when you get it get it out there it's quite freeing um now i always ask my guests for a favorite so it could be a film a book or just something you enjoy that other people can enjoy have you got a favorite roger Ooh, i've got lots of favorite things um, there's a couple come on well, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you one which which slightly different than a, than a film is a song. Oh, right, okay. Uh, uh, just just because it's it sort strange enough, sort of changed not changed my life, but and it's Firework by Katy Perry. Oh yeah, great great song. Um, which came out I think November two thousand and ten. I think. Yeah. And I was working then as I was a fleet manager in a dealership, and I've got this opportunity. To go and work for this private company as a managing director. This, this chap had asked me to go, and I, I was up in Inaring because yeah. I had a safe job, and that that new yeah. thing could could you know could last six months, and I'm goosed. Yeah, and I just remember listening to her song um, about being you know you are you know you are a firework you are yeah you you, you can be the best you're not uh, I can't even remember the lyrics it's awful isn't it but it, it just <laughs> Every time I heard it, I felt as though she was singing it to me. Yeah. In other words, you know, stop being under that, stop being just a piece of plastic blowing in the air. Yeah. You know, be you. You are the best. You can be the best. You are good. Yeah. And for some yeah. reason, the song just, every time it was on the radio, I just kept feeling the thought. And that helped me. I know it sounds strange to make that jump to become a, to change my life, to become an MD, if you like, for those 10 years of, which were wonderful. So I, I'm going to go with Katy Perry's Firework as, as something favourite and very special to me. Oh, that's brilliant, that is. And I do understand that. I remember when, uh, because I, I love music, but that song in particular was on um, a film, Madagascar. And my my daughter, God bless her, uh, she's 13 now, but when she was, it came out when she was just a toddler, I think. And I remember one, I was in bed and I heard the, the telly blast and came downstairs and there's this hippo flying in the air and he's firing this song on full blast. And I'm just like, what? All my senses were all over the place. But that was it then. Every day we had to put it on just for the song and all that. But it is, it's music when it resonates with you something like that it's uh, it's pretty special isn't it yeah yeah it was and do you think as a, as a as a child as a baby i remember holly when she was uh, literally six seven eight months and she would wake up in the middle of the night and i would and i would take her downstairs and i'd put mtv on mm. and i would literally rock her to songs like um kylie minogue's can't get you out of my head uh, shaggy's it wasn't me yeah. And we and I would do that, and she, she is, she, she's a, you know she's a dancer, she's loves music, and, yeah. and I wonder does that do you think as a baby, she it was going in definitely every every yeah. night yeah, yeah definitely definitely there's something in it because yeah. because it's it works on us I mean you know if you didn't hear one of those songs for the next ten years and then heard it all of a sudden it take you back to that place. Oh. You know, yeah, so I definitely, but saying that, well, you say that, I tried to get my lad into football and he hated it. <laughs> so, you know, he got kicked in the uh, leg by a ball and he was like, I'm never playing football again. And he never did. <laughs> but, you know, at least he'd made that decision. Whereas my daughter, well, my daughter's not a footballer, but she's, she's going to take after me. She's very creative. Um, you know, she's always drawing and that, and I think she gets that off me. But my lad's gone because I used to get my lad in some of my short films acting, and he loved it when he was younger. But then he yeah. sort of turned, you know, when he was older, he turned and, and made a different choice. But that's that's fine. At least you give him the options, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant stuff. And right then, so we can get certified off Amazon. Is that correct? Yeah. You can, yes, yeah. Where yes, else? Can. Where else? So, if we want to get hold of, you, go to your website. What's your website, Roger? 
website is www.rogerwilsoncrane.co.uk and yeah. uh, and if you go on there you can you can buy the book off there as well from the different links okay. some news bits and all that sort of stuff yeah i'll put uh, i've been on the website it's great and i'll put um links to that in the show notes are you on any other social media bits and bob yeah i'm on uh, i've got a facebook page um all of them twitter, <sighs> twitter instagram Ugh, i call man. it I, I can't pronounce it so i call it lindikin I tell you what, I can't keep up. Honestly, I swear to God. LinkedIn. A friend of mine bollocked me the other day. He's like, you need to be on LinkedIn. And I was like, look, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Pocket. I can't do any more. I, I just, social media, don't get me wrong, is brilliant when it's used correctly. But I just wish I could just, I know when I've made it, because I'll have a PA or a PR doing all that shit for me because I just sends me insane. <laughs> <laughs> then it? it's just, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. It's oh. all, about building your, all about building your tribe though, isn't it? As they say. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, look, look, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Roger. I really enjoyed the chat and you make sure you keep in touch and come back on in it. Maybe 12 months time or when, when you start and getting your teeth into your, uh, into your film and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll catch up. Yeah. So once I've got, yeah, when BBC have signed it up and, uh, I've got Sheridan playing the, playing the wife and, uh, Maybe Sean Bean as the main character. I yes. don't know, yeah. About, about I, years' time. It's all so. possible. Hey, I'll come on board then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, oh, you will then, won't you? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Sean Bean, he's a legend, isn't he? I mean, Sharon he is, is, but Sean Bean, I mean, wow. Uh, any, anything well, thanks, thanks for having me Lee it's been wonderful a, a, absolute so pleasure alright and Roger look after yourself have a great day and I'll speak to you soon take care Cheers, take care Roger bye bye so that's it massive thanks again to Roger for joining me today and also for you for, to you for listening Make sure you follow the podcast over the next few months because it is going to be some more amazing guests. I've got hiccups. <laughs> Remember to go on iTunes, Spotify, leave a like, rating, subscribe, blah, blah, blah. Facebook is more thinking. Podcast Instagram is my what podcast. And if you do have a question or you think you could be a great guest or you know someone would be a great guest, then email me. It's my what podcast at AOL.com. Hope you enjoyed that. I will speak to you next week. Take care.